the job, the stress. Uh, 10-4 Kilo 23, we are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics, Politics. pressure. pressure. Get out of here, we got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear, survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Hi, I hope everyone is doing well. This is Rich, and I'm here with another one of our member introductions. We are so fortunate to have some really incredible volunteers that make up our organization. As you've heard by now, this is one of our new ways that we thought it might be beneficial to basically allow some of our own to introduce themselves. Today I'm joined by Christine. Christine's really been with us from the very beginning and is our current secretary. Christine, I personally want to thank you for joining us and thank you for everything that you do and that you have done. Well, you don't have to thank me, Rich. You are the catalyst of this whole thing. You've made this happen and it's, uh, it's a great honor for me to be asked to, to help in any way possible. Oh, I, I appreciate it, but definitely couldn't do it by myself. All right, I'm going to make this quick and just ask you a couple of questions. And it's kind of a free flow opportunity to just introduce yourself, so to speak. When did you first get involved with law enforcement? Well, I mean, I've had family members in law enforcement. I always was intrigued. I always wanted to help. And... Um, when I knew I was going to take the police test, I started getting myself prepared in, say, 1986, um, you know, getting mentally and physically prepared to take the test and hopefully get hired, and I did. I did. I passed it, and um, I was uh, in the academy in 87, in the NYPD academy in 87, and basically they had us in a lottery uh at that time they had three different departments um new york city transit police new york city housing and nypd new york city police department and i was put into the new york city transit police department and just now of course it's all merged now it's uh all the housing transit nypd they're all one now that's what I was going to ask. Okay. And what made you want to get involved with Team South Florida? Well, I mean, I met you at some event years ago. I can't even remember, and I don't think you can remember either. And I was very intrigued by what you did. And from the time I retired from the police department, um, it was my goal to always be involved to help the community um of course on a different level and uh help my my blue family that was my that that i am dedicated to doing that so i i have done that in different aspects since the time i retired you know you're right and i'm embarrassed to admit this but i do not remember what event it was i just know you've been with us basically from the very beginning for years and i couldn't tell you what event it was either that we met at Anyway, um, just to just to 
kind of piggyback off of what you said about helping get the blue family out of all of our charitable initiatives. I know we've spoken about this before. One of the questions I like to ask our volunteers is what they're most passionate about. I know two of the initiatives that you're most passionate about. One of them is attending the funeral services when tragically we have one of our Florida law enforcement officers killed. And then the other initiative is providing 24 seven confidential and anonymous peer support. And unfortunately we've, we've just increased the amount of calls and messages received. And is there, is there anything you want to say or any reason, rhyme or reason that those two out of all of our initiatives are most important to you or that you're most passionate about? Well, from the time I was in the police academy, um, I, I remembered um, there were unfortunately uh, a few, in fact, Eddie Burns, his anniversary is today from the time he was killed. Um, I attended his funeral. I attended one of our transit police, Venable. Um, from the time I was in the academy, I attended every funeral of my fallen brother or sister that I could possibly attend. Um, they sacrificed their lives. They're one of us. It could be any one of us. And it's our responsibility in my mind and in my heart to to be there to support the family and to uh, honor them and never forget them. And uh, I try to do that uh, no matter who it is for, no matter what the circumstances are. And uh, that's that's a huge that's a huge priority to me. I mean, I don't like attending them, but if if I could, even those that are retired, my my 1013. We have several uh, uh, people that, that pass away down here in Florida. Um, and if I can attend them, uh, I want to show my honor and my respect, regardless of how many years they were on the job or how old they are. It's our responsibility, and more people should step up and do that, you know, for our family and their family. And. And the other thing, the peer support, I mean, I've been through a lot of different things. And if there's just like one word I can say to somebody to help them and make them realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's their obligation to try to get help and survive, then I, uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. No matter what, I'm there. So, you know, when you look at the numbers, I know that you're really passionate. You're one of the most passionate in our organization when it comes to the peer support. Um, just, I looked before we started this interview, and on the Officer Down Memorial page, for 2020, we already have 21 officers killed, and then last year, 134. But when you look at Blue Help, and there's several different sources out there for suicide, and some of the numbers vary by source, but... Blue Help verifies each and every one of them. Blue Help says that in 2020, there have already been 33 law enforcement officers that have taken their own lives. And then in 2019... That's absolutely insane. Right. And mm. then in 2019, 228. So last year and this year, the numbers of suicides seem to be higher than those being killed in the line of duty. It, it's crazy. Well, I mean... 
is there is there a number that really should hit anybody? There shouldn't be one, okay? And there are, of course, there are many different circumstances involved, um, and nobody really knows. Do we all really know the answer? But I mean, is there is there a statistic that we should say? Oh, there's more now in. Uh, February than there was last year in 2019, there shouldn't be any. And the cops and our brothers and sisters, our families throughout this country have got to find some way to address this because there shouldn't be any. And the stigma should not be as, as high as it is. There should be the police departments need to put more emphasis and more time and more um, more uh, uh, psychological support, get rid of that stigma to help these officers know that if they feel anything that is making them uncomfortable or making them think twice, there should not be any kind of uh, uh, push or pull for them to feel that they can get help. That is such a priority. And all these suicides should not be happening, even in the military. It should not be happening. I, I, couldn't, agree. I couldn't agree more. To your point about a number, I agree that number should be zero. But I've been in, in the profession for just approximately 13 years. I don't remember a time that it's ever been this high. So for me personally, just last year and moving forward, it just seems it's it's almost become a new passion. It, it has become a new initiative for our organization. I mean, years ago, this wasn't something we thought of. This wasn't something we discussed. We really started getting heavily involved with this in 2018. And I'm happy that we are involved because we're just one more resource. But like you said, I don't know what it's going to take. I just, I hope every agency changes and improves and increases. I can tell you firsthand in South Florida, there are several agencies that are doing it right. Unfortunately, there are a lot that are not doing it right. So I don't, I don't know. Well, it's not, it's not, only, it's not only the, the, uh, the law enforcement officer or the first responders that's going through this. It's their families too that need to be educated when their spouse comes home or when their son or daughter comes home and they have a totally different attitude than what they had at some point because of the cert of certain things that they're seeing and they're going through every day. They need to be educated in that area too of how to be cognizant of their, their, um, their uh, police officer or first responders change of attitude they need to be educated too so it's not only for our sake but it's also for their families so that's really important that's really because that can make or break the um the first responders attitude towards how they're going to go back to work how they're going to live their family life and how they're going to survive the rest of their career that's really important you know i I question if what you're saying has a lot to do with relationships and, and marriage versus divorce. We're, we can get into a whole separate of topic. Of course it does. 
we can get into a whole separate topic over here. But I, yeah. I know we have some in our organization that have been happily married for a very long time. Others are separated. And I, I wonder if what you just said a minute ago has a lot to do with it. You know, they just understand differently. I can guarantee you that it does. Let me ask you a question then, not to put you on the spot, but let's say, Mm, (laughs) let's, let's say you are that husband, wife or mother or father, and you notice an immediate change in behavior or attitude, or there's something concerning, what would be something that that person should do? Well, I mean, I'll put it in a scenario that if I'm married to a first responder and they're, um, they've had certain episodes that um, are traumatic, um, I mean, I would myself, in order to be able to respond properly to their reactions, I would want to get some kind of counseling myself to try to understand what they're going through and the different levels of how they're responding to the the trauma because they're going to come home and they may be um, very, uh, their anxiety might be high. They may be reaching for alcohol constantly. Their, their, um, their tempers may change. Um, the, if you have children at the house, they may be affected. This is where the breakage in the families happen because the spouses may not understand what they're going through if they're saying, and I'm not even going to the level of PTSD, I'm just saying on a regular basis of trauma, they may not have reached that, but they may want to go and get some kind of counseling or a book or research to find out how they can themselves understand what their first responder spouse or or brother or sister whatever is is going through and what they're going through and and try to encourage them if they haven't already reached out to some kind of of counselor or help um uh you know to get that that it's okay that they're human just like anybody else and it's okay and if they want to have a career in this first responding type of, um, uh, you know, as a first responder, they need to accept the fact that they're human and that they're entitled to be able to speak with somebody without getting that stigma forced upon them. And that's the way they will learn to emotionally survive, physically survive, and get through a career and have a healthy life at home and and on their job. If I can say that, if I'm not, am I making any sense here? No, you're- I am tired. (laughs) You you absolutely are making sense. And a free plug, it's got no affiliation with our organization, but Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement, A Guide for Officers and Their Families. It's a book from Kevin Gilmartin. And we've stood behind- Oh, that's a great book. I have it right in front of me. I have it right in front of me. Yep, I have it right in front of me. It's a great book. And it's, it's for a everybody. Great book and, yep. And, you know, this is one of the books that they gave me when I went through the peer support with um, the Wounded Blue. And that's a great organization, too. So, 
Yeah, the that book yeah. we've we've actually given several copies of that book to officers that felt in a little bit of a, a tough spot or a tough place at times. But to your earlier mm -hmm. point, that book is perfect for families. You don't have to be a law enforcement officer or even a first responder. Correct. That book is exactly. Yeah. It has a plethora of information for all all aspects. It's a, it, it says right here, a guide for officers and their families. And that's exactly what it is. I have it right in front of me. It's funny. I first, I was first <laughs> issued that book 13 years ago and it's still relevant mm -hmm. today. All right, let's move oh, forward. Yeah. If, if you had okay. one piece, if you had one piece of advice for an officer today, given everything that you know now, you know, since the late eighties till now, What's one piece of advice you might have for an officer today? Maybe something you wish somebody told you. I don't know. Um, live a healthy life emotionally and physically. Um, working out is great. Always try to do that. Um, try to understand the fact that as i said earlier we're human we're going to see things that we've never seen before we can't anticipate how we're going to react nobody knows how you're going to react and everybody reacts differently so if one person reacts one way you are entitled to react the way you want to react and don't feel as though you're any different you can survive anything that you put your mind to. And that includes if you need to speak with anybody, then speak to somebody. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I say this all the time. If you're running after somebody and you fall and you hurt your knee, you're, you, you have to go to a physical therapist. You have to get physical therapy. You have to get that knee better. You want to go back on the road and you want to continue doing what you want to do, what's in your heart, what's got your passion. It's the same thing if emotionally, if you feel something that's, that's made you think or that's bothering you, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going out and speaking with somebody because that's going to relieve a lot of the things that have have maybe made you think differently. This is going to relieve it and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't hesitate, do it and you'll be back and you'll be healthier and you'll be, you'll be able to complete your career and don't hesitate. Don't do it because you think that it's not, uh, it's not the, 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 you know, it's a, a sign of weakness. It is absolutely not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you have accepted the fact that you're you're human and it's okay. And there's so many different people and organizations. You don't even have to go to a counselor. There are there are brothers and sisters out there that are that have been through there and that will talk to you and don't ever hesitate to do it. Yeah, you could hear the passion in your voice as you say these things. Uh, one of the things that came to mind from something you just said, and it's interesting, I continue to see this on a daily basis. When we have, when we have somebody reach out and it's one incident and we end up speaking with more than one officer, oftentimes 
those officers are surprised to learn that they feel the same way that somebody else feels. And I'll give you an example. You go to a horrible call, something tragic, something terrible took place. You go home and you're very angry. You end up thinking that you're alone feeling angry. We end up talking to two or three people that were on the same call and we end up finding that two or three of them are angry. So we're to your, angry too. Right. right. So, so to your earlier point, I would I would agree and I would add to it that if you start feeling something, there's no shame in reaching out or asking somebody if they feel the same way or if this is normal, because odds are, and I'm speaking statistically, odds are you're probably not alone in feeling the way you, you're feeling. I can guarantee you you're not alone. Right. Believe me, I can guarantee you. A lot of people put on a facade because they don't want anybody to know that they feel that they, they, they're thinking, you know, or something's bothering them. And that is, it's a facade. And that's, it's, it's, it's a shame because if it's not addressed, it just winds up like piling like a snowball going down a hill and getting bigger and bigger until it's too big. And you don't want that to happen. It doesn't have to happen. I agree. And, and the numbers are staggering. So we need to make mm -hmm. it not happen. Okay, last question. And you tell me, wait a minute, you tell me that there's one first responder out there that when we hear that one of, one of our brothers or sisters in whatever you know, capacity had taken their lives, that that doesn't kick you right in the gut. Every time I it mean, I, I know everybody that I know, everybody that I know, when they hear that, it kicks them in the gut. Now, why? Why? Well, so, I know. I mean, I, I know our member uh, Pete, who since relocated back to New York, it it, mm -hmm. it's, it speaks volumes. He still goes to the funerals. I know. He went to Farmingdale. He went. He went right in my hometown for that. That. Uh, Oh, just, that's just, all, gosh, I can't remember. No, just, anyway. But, but just recently, and it it shows you, you know, being retired for years, he mm -hmm. still feels no, so matter. strongly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. All right. So you, yep. you, cut, you cut me off a minute ago. You told me to wait a minute. So can I go with my last question? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Please continue, Mr. Best. All right. All right. Thinking about the profession today. Is there anything that you would like to see changed? Well, obviously the support from the departments for their, their, uh, their officers. I mean, there are some departments out there that really do stand behind and make the, make them know that they have their, their, um, their, their heads, their chiefs, their, their sheriffs, whatever behind them. But then there's a lot of departments that they're not. And that is really important. And then, of course, the relationship with the public. If, the, if, if the, the mayor and the governor and those hierarchy, you know, people in the public eye, if they're not behind their law enforcement or their first response, department but when it comes to the police uh there's such controversy out there so if there's anything that i would love to change it's the attitude and the the um the they've got a back always 
the police. And I mean, obviously there's going to be times that, that there are other circumstances that occur, but that is what I want to see. I want to see the public have respect again for the police and all that horrible controversy has got to go away because they're there to help, to support, to have a community relationship. And that's what the cops want to do. They just want to go to work. They want to do what they have to do, helping the community. And they want to go home to their family. And they want to try to live the best life that they could live. Why don't you just let them do it? You know, I mean, enough already. I, so, I don't even have anything to add on that. You left me speechless with that. I, I couldn't agree more. It's frustrating. Uh, hope, you know, it, it makes you appreciate for those of us that work in a community where we do have support. It really makes us appreciate that. And for those of us that work in a community where we're dealing with adversity and a lack of support, you just, you just have to keep pushing forward and really, really protect mm -hmm. yourselves. All right. Right. Well, they have to gather together. Yep. All right. On that note, Christine, I just want to thank you for all that you do with our organization. And I want to thank you for all that you do with several other organizations. I'm not going to let you name them because we'll be here for another half hour if we list all the organizations that you help out <laughs> with. But you're a big part. You're doing great things. And we are very blessed and fortunate to have you with us. And I just want to thank you for all you do. Well, I'm, I'm really blessed and honored to be with everybody on your team. And, um, and I thank you. And I thank you most of all for everything that you do and that you continue to do and have done. And um, uh, it's, it's because of you that, uh, that I continue to, uh, you know, to walk this journey. So thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Christine. Have a good night. Thank you, you too, sir.